sitting here with Anthony. Hi, what's up, guys? Anthony just came out of the flotation tank, which is really pretty awesome. And we decided to do a podcast together um, right after his float. I think this is a perfect time. Anthony, you know, this, this show is um, bridging the holistic world is really the focus of many of the podcasts that I do. Yeah. And the reason that I f- have found you to be so interesting because we have awesome conversations every time you come and float yes we do (laughs) (laughs) Um, what i have found so interesting and fascinating is that your life and 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 how you stepped out of something that could have been very different is part of it the other part is your focus in supporting people to grow, to become an individual, and do it in such a unique and fun way. Yeah. And and that's what I want to hear about tonight. And I think that people want to hear about this. So can you start with just talking a little bit about who you are and how you came to be? And I just want everybody to know Anthony is one one really cool guy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess like... I always got to go back to the beginning. I'm used to telling my story because I know the as when I was growing up, it was like I got to tell my story so people didn't think I was crazy. Because I grew up in a in a family in a situation that was full of violence and drug abuse, and just I I've been through I've been homeless I've been on my own I've been I've switched schools a million times. I've just been surviving since I was little. Like I was born into a chaotic situation. And I, and I learned over the years, you know, like, I, not to blame my parents or anything, because they've been through hell, a version of hell that I don't know about. But for me, that was a, I was born into a storm, and all I really wanted when I was younger was just peace and calm. I wanted people to, like, I wanted people to, like, be able to talk to me, come for me, and I wanted to do that for others. Like, I wanted peace, because my, my home life was so turbulent, and, uh... You know, 13, my father passed away. My mom dealt with drug dealt with drug issues my whole life. And uh, I found skateboarding. A piece of wood, wheels, something so simple. And it was so fun. And it, it took me out of my mind so I could focus on, like, creating with the skateboard and having fun. And then I met tons of people, so it gave me a community. And it was, like, my saving grace because that's all I really wanted. Like, I would go to school on the edge of tears like, just because I, I couldn't really get out what I was feeling because I didn't know how to articulate it because I was going through a lot of stuff and the adults around me didn't know how to communicate. And I lived in the projects. And in the projects, there's a lot of people that aren't happy, you know? They, they feel, you know, they've been cheated or they're, you know, they've had violent things happen to them that's out of their control, a lot of it, you know? And um, so I didn't want to become like them. Because I loved all those people I grew up with in that area, but they were all so negative. And I just saw, like, I was like, there's no way that I can get out of it. The crabs in the barrel scenario. Everyone's pulling each other down because they're all unhappy. And I was like, I need to just latch onto the skateboard because this is the thing that brings me joy. It makes, it allows me to express myself. It brought me all these rad, creative people doing awesome things. So I just, like, latched onto skateboarding and I fell in love with it and it took me around the world. Like, I've been all over the world just from, like, skating, you know? And I'm not the most talented person by any means. There's people that are way talented on on a skateboard, but I just persevered and just fell in love with it and never gave up. It, it's become my muse. It's all I need, hence the reason why I named it, you know? It brought me my fiancé right now. I met her at a skate shop. All my lifelong friends, my brother skates. It's all from something so silly. So that that's that's where it that's where it all comes from, and I learned to communicate because I've seen tons of different people, you know. Like I've been to the lowest of low, and I got to travel, and I traveled with Tony Hawk, and he took me to these expensive parties, and I've talked to people from all walks of life. So, and, and I've always had like a I've always wanted to express myself because I've I've had pain and anguish in my life, and now I I have joy as well. So it's like I just want to express it because it's it feels good to share and talk and. I think more people should do that. 
There's a couple things that you said, uh, Anthony. One of them uh, is the, which is really takes an individual a lot of personal growth to recognize that I don't blame my parents. Yeah. And when you talked about living in the project and needing to get out of there and people being so negative, the cause of that is because people are looking at, you know, what is being done to them. In other words, they, they have the victim mentality. Yeah. And you took a different approach in saying, you know, my parents did the best that they could could do with what they had. Yeah. And what they had really wasn't that great. No, they were at a de they were at a negative too when they came into the world. They had turbulence as well. And that's usually how the cycle is. And so when we're looking at your life, you were determined to break that cycle. Yeah. And what I say to people when they um you know, when people start talking about their parents, and you know, I do the, I do a lot of healing work with people, so people are healing from old trauma, and there's oftentimes they come in and they start off with the idea that their, you know, their parents are all wrong, yeah. and, and at one point in our in our process of seeing each other over time, I, I will say, you know, your parents, uh, they did the best they could. You came in. But there isn't a manual for the child, yeah. right? You buy a brand new car, you get a manual with it. Something <laughs> goes wrong, you got a manual. Your Toyota is different than a Ford. Yeah. But you have two kids that are that are entirely different, and parents are lost, and especially if they came in and they they didn't have an opportunity to experience growth. But you you took life and just said no that i'm not doing life this way mm -hmm. i'm doing it a new way and and i the next image that came to my mind is that some people will go out and buy a yacht because that's going to give them joy and you found this little piece of wood with wheels on it yeah. so it was a cost-effective way of bringing fun into your life yeah. And just creating uh, happiness and learning that happiness is within. Yeah, and you know, I like what you said right there because I love skateboarding so much, and I realize that skateboarding is kind of for the misfits and the, and the poor kids because it is cost effective, and you don't have to pay for a membership, and you could do it anywhere. You could just if you have flat ground, you can skateboard. You know, and that's what I did. I grabbed it, and I was living new, in New Bedford at the time in the projects. And I would just grab my board instead of going home after school where there's like, you know, craziness going on and drugs and all this violence. I just would grab my board and go explore the city. And it was like that was my um, that was my escape from all of that. And uh, and I agree totally about it's hard because this society tells you what a family should be. And they put this society puts so much pressure on us. And it's almost like they're lying, like. You think a family has to be like this and that, and you have to be perfect, and, you know, they're going to buy you a car and whatnot, and it's just like, in America, it's like, you never know what's going to happen, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, I learned that quick. I grew up around a bunch of adults that were still kids. They were stunted in their growth because they were, they were, they had bad things happen to them. They couldn't get past these, these things, like, there was molestation, there was drug abuse, these things that, like... And drugs, I don't mean like drug abuse in the sense that it was just weed. There was like an abuse of substances, you know? Everyone uses drugs, coffee, whatever. Like, drugs are everywhere, but it's it's how you use them. And when you're depressed and sad, you abuse these things because they're, they're more of an outlet and an escape, you know, from your reality. Yeah. And that's not always good. you got to have healthy balance. And uh, But I grew up with a lot of kids that had kids, and that affected me so much because I realized that these adult kids had these kids that are innocent and these kids need adults and they're not they don't have it and i'm just like that is a horrible thing that's really horrible because that this they tell you in america you can be anything you want you have all the potential like we're in the most prosperous powerful country in the world right that's the rhetoric right so i, I mean that's what they told us and then i was born into this situation and, and i was just like this is this is all backwards and crazy. So I looked inward to try to find where I could be happy because I knew if I could get my balance right and be happy day to day, then I could build a foundation and build off of it, you know? 
and that's hence another reason why I called it all I need my brand and, and everything is like because I knew that skateboarding was something that I needed in my life because it brought me joy and community and friends and family and once I had that and I fought for that because the world p wants to pull away all your joy like it does they want to make you get a job you don't like they don't want you to I don't know who they are but just the way the world works <laughs> They want you to like it's conform. the mass mind. Yeah, conform and just work, and it's, it's the sad. Ma mass yeah. mind. The mass mind culture says that you have to keep up with the Joneses, the yeah. old, old expression, and you're you're like that's where all the BS is. Yeah, we have to transform. We have to change. Yeah. Right, <laughs> and it's like your joy isn't you know going to work for seventy hours and cut and having a uh, you know. Some people can't afford to have the mansions, and, and it's a wonderful thing, and it's fine if people have the finances to do so. But I can remember just going through neighborhoods and seeing these huge houses and thinking, they're empty all day long. The only one who's ever in there is the housekeeper. I think that every time I drive by, <laughs> there's nothing in the yard. It's manicured perfect, but it looks empty. Nobody's living there, yeah. you know, so where where is life? And you're... What what I hear you from you, Anthony, is that it doesn't matter what goes on in this world. If you can get a skateboard under your feet, you're happy. Yeah. And and there's an expression of freedom that comes in that with skate skateboard. It, it sounds like you grew up in Boston. Like outskirts. I okay. lived in Abington for a while. I moved all over Fall oh. River, New Bedford, Taunton. All over Lakeville, like all around. What was and the I, first time you had a car? Car was um, what did I get the first car? It was in a Sonnet, so I was like seventeen or something. Oh, okay. Well, actually, so I waited till like, I was eighteen to get my license. Okay. I didn't even really care at that point. Yeah, so yeah. you got your license a little bit late because you actually had wheels. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you, you could get anywhere you wanted to go. There yeah. Were, there were no limitations, exactly. and and that was the expression. Now, you, in our conversations, I've heard you mention uh, that you also are an inspiration to many people. And I hear the ways that you're inspiring to people and just your whole outlook on life. Yeah. But you're an inspiration to some of the kids because you teach kids to skateboard. Yes? Absolutely. I teach skateboard lessons all the time, um, regardless of age, but a lot of them are younger. And uh, I talk to him. I just know. I just know how it is to be young. I I've kind of been forever young because I just haven't really. I I just kind of wanted to hang on to my essence because when I was young, I always I felt like I had some of my best ideas when I was young. I was like thirteen, and I was like, I want to skateboard, and that was one of my best ideas. And I got a skateboard all over the world. So I'm like, kids are like they come into this world and they need guidance. They don't really need you to tell them what to think or feel. So I'll just communicate with the kids and talk to them and share, like, the things I've learned. And and uh, they just follow me around, man, because they know it's the truth, you know. They're not, they know I'm not trying to push anything. or I'm just telling them experience that I had, and I'm very open, and I speak to them with respect. And uh, it seems to work. So, and I want kids to find what they need at a young age. Because mm -hmm. the world and this country and everything, they tell you to lust after what you want. You could be a millionaire. You can be famous. You can be rich. All these things. And it's like, you could be, but you don't need to be. So once you find what you need to be happy and have structure and things in your life that you are fulfilling, you know, then you can get the wealth after. But you need to find what you need first before you even get it. Because tons of people get wealthy and they don't have, they don't know what makes them happy. And they think money does and they spend it all this stuff. And then they, they, they end up with the empty mansion and burning it down. And like, like what went wrong? And it was like, well, you didn't look within and figure out who you are and what you need to be happy. It's funny because once you look inside and you find what you need, you don't need much. You know what I mean? It's just the truth is you don't really need much to be happy. You just need to have appreciation and be present. And it's like... That's a practice. That's why I like what you do, because you help people find that, that, that zone, you know, that flow state that people talk about. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> right. Whether they do it through flotation or yoga or polarity therapy. The holistic arts, right? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter. But, you, you know, you're getting the, to access some of these younger kids who, yeah. some of the kids are from uh, the city, I would imagine. Yeah. And their lives are probably pretty similar to what you grew up with. Yeah. To them, to them, it's rad to see someone who's, I'm 32 now. It's rad to see someone that's 32 that's doing what they want 
living a healthy life and who's inspired and passionate and people know him and we communicate and like it's cool for them to see an adult like what an adult should be because a lot of those kids they don't see it you know or like they do see adults but the adults are like busy and got a frown on their face because they're working too much and they don't have time to talk to people because they're just trying to make money but to me i like take 20 minutes and talk to anybody if you're open and friendly like i'm down you know what i mean and i'm adult so a kid is like sees an adult acting kind of childish but that's genuine and they're like he's playing with a skateboard you know but they're like wow you don't have to be like all these stuffy adults that you see you know you can still keep your essence and things you love and you know it's inspiring to them i think it was to me i grew up looking up to other skateboarders and musicians that were still very childlike and they were like 30 40 and never let it go you know it's very inspiring who did you find who was one of, uh you know if you can remember um and you don't even have to say their name but what was it um everybody has somebody that comes into their life you know and just kind of changes their perspective of life when they're young yeah. Did you have somebody that just kind of walked in and uh, you looked at them and said, I can change my life. I kind of see me in this person somewhere. It's going to sound ridiculous. But for me, it was hip hop. That was my first love. It was Tupac Shakur. Because his music was like, so he had violent music. He had thug music. But then he'd have these songs that would be, about family. He had a song called Brenda Has a Baby and it's all about this this lady in the projects that's young and she's like 14, 15, she's pregnant and he's just rapping about her scenario and what's gonna happen to her and where her thoughts are at. And like, it was cool that an adult took a, a thug, Tupac, took the time to write from the female perspective and like, and that's what I needed to hear because I had, you know, my mom was dealing with all the stuff and it was just like, it helped me empathize with things and it helped me think about that, that concept of, of getting in other people's shoes. And his music really made a huge impact on me because he he had he had such uh he had he he could touch on anything. You know, he could t- he could make a violent song, he could make an empathetic song, he could have an inspiring song. He 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 did it all. He expressed himself fully and openly. Good, bad, and ugly. That's the thing I really like about Tupac as an artist and as a poet. Like, my first skateboard graphic was a Tupac-inspired graphic. It was the rose that grew through concrete, which is such a beautiful symbol, you know? It's like perseverance, strength, the, the, the life grew through the concrete. Even though we paid on top of it, it still found a way and broke through. And, and I, that stuck with me because I felt like I had the concrete on top of me at a young age. And I was like, it seemed so dark and... There's no way I'm going to escape this. And I look, there's plenty of examples in the projects of people that never got out. The crabs pulling each other down. And and I, I thought people were ugly. It sucked. Like, growing up, I looked around at all the people around me, and they were just, they, were, they became ugly. And I looked at my sisters, and I love my sisters very much. And one of my sisters dealt with a lot of substance abuse. And I, I always kept the image in my head of when she was 12, and she brushed her hair, and she was beautiful, and spoke like, like innocently and then I seen her years later and she's like ugly not physically but ugly like the way she spoke the way she treated herself the way she you know and that stuff affected me so much and and a lot of this stuff was in Tupac's music because he grew up in the same exact situation and it captured me because there's violence there's talking about money and all this materialistic stuff that captures young people you know but that wasn't the only expression he had you know, he kind of lured people in with that side. But then if you really listen to his music, you're like, oh, he has another side. There's many sides to Tupac. And it, it was all very inspiring. And I needed a male role model, too, because my father passed away when I was 13, going on 14. So, like, I didn't have a, a female person. I didn't have a female role model because my mom. And I didn't know what a man was supposed to be because he was taken from me. So at a young age, right when I needed him, to be honest, because I was about to, you know, 13, 14, you go on and get your car, you start meeting women, and like, all the stuff your dad, what we envision a family structure would help you with, I didn't have any of that, so I just, like, Tupac took that position, and then my skate community as well, I met the dudes from Solstice Skate Shop, it wasn't just one person, it was a group of dudes that were creating and making skate videos, and they owned a skate shop and they, they would sponsor kids and throw events and like make you feel invited into this cool little world. 
and they were super open to me. And I was a ghetto little kid, ripped clothes, probably had a bad attitude, was angry at the world, felt cheated. They were still nice to me, you know? I tried sports, and they just yelled at me and tried to get me to follow their rules. And it's like, that's not what I wanted, you know? I wanted someone just to accept me, let me work my issues out, and still be with me, you know, and let me grow. I didn't need someone to, like, force me to grow in a direction they wanted, you know? So I, skateboarding, skateboarding and hip-hop, those are the two things, you know? There wasn't really any, and it's crazy because I never met Tupac or anything, but he recorded so much of his life and shared it with the whole world. Like, there's endless amounts of music from Tupac. It's crazy. He thought, he knew he was going to die, and he would talk about it in his music. And uh, whether that was a get marketing ploy or whatever, Biggie did it as well, and they both ended up dying, you know? And it's like, but they knew, the thing that I picked up about it was they knew the frailty of life. And I learned that at 13 when my father got shot and gunned down. I learned that the clock could stop. I started like having great appreciation for life and time and, and the people around me and the sun and just the simple stuff because I realized I was like, man, if this person I love and, and cared for very deeply is gone, like it, you don't know, you just don't know. Like I never envisioned that before. And then so at a young age, I dealt with death and learned that, you know, you, you gotta appreciate it. You gotta like, you, this is a gift right now. It could be gone at any moment, you know? And it still sticks to me to, to this day, you know? Yeah, it's a hard lesson uh, to get at such a young age. And a lot oh, of people man. don't get it until, they're, until they've lost somebody very close. And we don't appreciate people, you know? Sometimes there's more complaining about other people than appreciating who they are and focusing on the positive things. Yeah. And it sounds like, you know, as you described your parents, um, they they weren't whatever is supposed to be considered the perfect parent. Yeah, they weren't even normal structure at all. <laughs> <laughs> but a child still loves their parents. Yeah. And, I... it, and it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. And you still need them, even if, you know, whatever they had to offer and, you know, if your father were, were there and, and had things to offer to you, yeah. we don't know what those things would have been, but you had to seek those out on your own and yeah. learn them through just watching lots of other people. But yeah. now you are one of those people that some of these kids are looking at. I try really hard to be. Yeah. That's the thing is I really, I really truly believe that if people look up to you, and, and people come to you, you don't want to let them down. You don't. You don't want to let them down. And that's so important because if you don't let them down, they'll become what you are. You know what I mean? But if you let them down, they won't. They won't. They won't. They'll go the other way, you know? And if any, and I'm just so grateful that anyone looks at me and says, that anyone listens to my story or knows anything about me and, and, and they think I'm inspiring, it means a lot to me. It means a lot because, I, like I said, I've been through hell and, and, uh, I, I've been on the side of crazy and I've I've been suicidal at times like when I was younger and like I had to work through all the demons that come with like a broken family and being submersed around demons when you know in the projects of people that are experience experiencing the worst at life not their fault a lot of them aren't their fault some of it is but in the end but like so trying to get out of that situation just like it gave me it, it rubbed me so raw that like you know I'm super emotional at times but I'm I can feel and understand and pick up other people's vibes and like I, I'm just thankful that anyone listens to me and says and says that it's very grateful I'm very grateful for that <laughs> there was something that was just coming to my mind um I can't remember what it is in this moment oh yes Anthony when you um you know, you mentioned that you grew up in the projects and now you're 32. What has happened in your life? Where are you now? And who is, you know, your circle of friends, it sounds like you, you ran into a lot of different people. you got some really inspiring people around you yeah. as well. Uh, they've inspired you to do it differently. Yeah. Uh, so would you say, I broke that pattern? I broke that pattern. I do. I, you know what? I did. I definitely did. Me and my brother had a pet pack at a young age we said look we have to change our lives so we break the cycle because we were both like sober-minded both like just trying to change and uh i feel like we both have done that we both have like found a way to be happy to find what we need and like build off of that um i definitely feel like i broke the cycle but when you do that that's that sucks too 
because when you leave the fucking the crabs in the barrel, you still feel empathy and understanding for them. So it's hard for me because I now I look around and I see people and I don't look at them as bad people or anything. I just know that they're lost, you know, mm-hmm. or they never had a chance, and that's why they're lost. And they don't understand themselves. I like in America. I, I don't think we have a poverty problem. Like I I have been homeless, but but it wasn't. I could steal food if I really needed. Like I which I did. I stole from like Walmart and stuff. You know what I mean? And you can get things in America. We we don't have a poverty problem. We have a mental disorder problem. When people are so messed up from just you know we're a powerful nation that's full of the the our government's hypocritical and we do all this warmongering and then like. We don't help our community. We don't even build up our own infrastructure at times, you know? So, and then they, then we promise everyone in the country that they can be millionaires and that'll make them happy. And then we sell them all these legal drugs, but then we ban the same drugs that are illegal. You know what I mean? So then all these people are trying to self-medicate and they're like, no, 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 that's bad. But you can have this legal stuff and it's the same drug. And it's just like, so I get why people are confused and they're just hurt. And like, I get the whole thing because this world, this society is like, out of whack it's crazy because i think the people in power they don't care about human welfare they care about profit and numbers and power you know it makes sense why if you have a lot of power or money and stuff you don't want to let it go no one wants to let that go i get it i get it but i feel like things are changing now what do you feel is changing i feel like with the internet and the fact that we can podcast and talk and i we i can express how i feel you can express how you feel people in china can express how they feel we see each other we have a huge mirror right now we can we can understand and connect it's almost like a nervous sense uh a nervous uh, system you know the internet so like we can all feel and empathize and understand they, they governments can't push propaganda anymore they can't demonize a whole other group of people because we all know like you know chinese people laugh at fart jokes just like we do you know what i mean it's like they used to tell us they they were crazy and they did crazy things and back in the day like my parents grew up in the cold war and all this demonizing of other humans just because we had a different flag you know what i mean so now it's kind of like i think in this new economy this new world i feel like the people that are going to that are gonna prosper are people that are transparent, open, honest. Like our leaders should be empathetic, caring people, right? Not money, power, hungry people. Cause that's a horrible thing. Cause you're not looking at humans, you're just looking at zeros. And we, as we discussed earlier, money doesn't make you happy if you don't know what you need. You just have a bunch of money, you know what I mean? So I just feel like now that everyone can see everything, the truth can come out and we can take an objective view and look and go, Oh, that person should be a leader. That person should handle the money. We can see why, you know, instead of just being like, this person wants the money, so he he's he can do whatever he wants to get it, and he can have it, you know? And it's like, no, he wants the money too much, and he has bad characteristics, maybe he shouldn't be a leader. You know what I mean? But that person that doesn't really want it, but they have the leadership qualities and care, and they've built up a huge community, maybe he should be the leader. Of a, of a state or a government or whatever or a judge or something you know what i mean hmm. so i just feel like now that we can see everything it's like we can kind of fix a lot of our problems in this world and I, and I i think that as long as they don't they don't censor the internet and they don't they don't try to stop that i feel like it's gonna happen it's happening already just this conversation right now people can listen and it you know they control this before through the bible it was like you had a bible and the bible had the way to happiness, the Garden of Eden, told you the whole story about life, all this stuff, and a lot of it's true. A lot of this, those stories are beautiful, and they they apply to life and all that stuff. But the only way you could get it is if you're in a religion, and then you had to follow their rules. You know what I mean? Then they made up all and men corrupted religion, and it's like that's how people got their source. But now we have an open society and world where we can say what works for me, what works for you, and then we can do alchemy and make a make a world that works for everyone you yeah. can blend it together you know what i mean well we can all be little gray aliens one day <laughs> <laughs> anthony what's your uh it sounds to me like you're not really interested in any kind of religion and, and i get that I, I feel the same way uh what is your i heard you say the word source what what's that uh mean for you i mean yeah I, i'm not religious in any i, t- I think religion's a good thing 
to some, and it has a lot of good things to it. I, I feel it's holding us back a little bit. Just humans are holding us back. People in charge of religion are holding us back. Um, that source, I, like, I, I'm just open and honest. Like, I clearly don't know. And I feel like anyone on the planet that tells you they know what something is, like, if they're like, I know it's this way, that way, they're not being honest. Mm -hmm. I think the truth is, like, you'll know, time will tell. When, we're, when, it's, when it's my time to go on to the next life and I face that, I'll see what happens. Time will tell. I'm not afraid of death. Like, I've faced that at a young age. I've come to terms with that. And I feel like when people are afraid of death, they tend to, like, try to lie to themselves because they know it's coming. It's inevitable. So they try to make up, like, oh, there's a God, there's a cloud, there's a safe place, my family's going to be all right. I've never had any of that. Like, I was born into a storm. Like, I know things can go crazy, and I've seen it multiple times, and I just know, like, I don't need to lie to myself anymore. I just go... All I know is that the sun rises, and I'm breathing, and if I have what I need, I'm happy. And if I can, and if I can find other people doing and doing that and trying, then we can just ride this thing out and enjoy it, and and, and help each other. And, and and it's not, I don't know what that source is, you know. The science trips me out all the time. <laughs> science, and then, but I I like to think there's a god. Whether I know if there is or not, I can't be 100% sure. But, I mean, it's such a beautiful design. Like, I look at, look at everything, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm just so grateful that I, I feel like there's there's something to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm not one of those people. And that's what scares me about religion is because they tell you, the people in power of religion are like, this is, we know this is true. And that's a scary thought to me because I'm like, you know as much as I know. We're on the same time. We're on the same time on this planet right now. And I try really hard to study and pay attention and learn and grow. And you're not doing that. You're just following a book that's outdated. Put the book on the internet and let's, like, revise it. <laughs> Let the collective revise it. You know what I mean? I think it's all about power and control, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I think people get com comfortable with their big staffs and their big hats and their, their, their big congregations and stuff like that and the lifestyle that comes with it. We know humans corrupt everything. Like, it's in our nature to, like, we, we learn. We learn from mistakes, you know? So, and some people never do, and that's the problem. <laughs> do you feel, and I've been noticing this in my work, uh, when I think back, you know, 15 years ago when I first started doing this work, and even when I think back even further than that, we've evolved a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it may just be this area because I look at other states sometimes and it's like, wow, you're just like so backwards. Um, so evolution is happening every day. Um, Tenfold now. It's speedy, speedy right now. It's going really fast. Yeah. And uh, people are, you know, I, I call it this awakening, you know. Yeah. Crystalline awaken. Exactly. Um, yeah. The whole idea around the center is just to allow people to keep awakening to the truth of who they are yeah. and whatever that means for them. And, you know, somebody can uh, skateboard, for example, and skateboarding does something to you. And it, it feels to me like it does something to you energetically where it's, you know, maybe it's changed your DNA and you've, you've managed to uh, create a new mold of whatever this is. But there's a vibration that is just so much higher than what you came out of. And I, and I see a lot of people are doing this when we look at, uh, even looking at my Facebook page, I have to say, I don't know if I just select good friends or what, but there's 600 people on there. And, and it's not often that I go on there and ever see anything negative. Everybody's positive. That's 600 people of positive Amazing. comments every day. Everybody's yeah. got something great to say, or they're noticing something that isn't working and they want to make a change. And, and I think that's where we are today. You know, it's almost like, could we really help um, or stop evolution if we wanted to? Yeah, I agree. I, I think the big catalyst is, is, a, is the recession, 9-11. As crazy as it sounds, uh -huh. because we're a prosperous country. We were, mm -hmm. we were um, the greatest country the world has ever seen. That's a fact. Like the most powerful, the wealthiest, and then these they they then we had war come to our country. Basically, they attacked us in the in the world's capital, New York City, yeah. and that scared everyone because we were just like a bunch of sheep. 
we're comfy. You know what I mean? You're apathy. We're on apathy. Apathy. Yeah. You know, like just not awake, not awake at all. Just that's why people could tell you what to do because they're the country. Everyone thought the government was like their father. Like they would, they won't lead us astray. You know, and it's like then you see that happen. You're like, oh, we're fragile. And I experienced that at 14 when my father passed. I experienced that awakening real quick because I was like, whoa, fragile. Times click. The, the the sands of time are are going down. You know. Um, but I, yeah, I think that, I think people have awakened to a certain point and now they're realizing that that old American dream isn't what's going to bring them joy and happiness. Yeah. The money and all that fame and all that stuff that people lust after and want, it's not going to bring them happiness. And they, and they realize that life is short now. They see the towers fall. They see the economy crashing and it scares people. And when people start feeling like that. You know, they go, wow, my time's short. I got to enjoy every day. I can't be on this planet listening to everyone else tell me how to live my life. I got to enjoy this day, and I got to find out what I need so I can enjoy this day. And, and I think people are doing that. I think people are trying to find their passion, their joy, and they're realizing that if they find that, then the money comes too. Yeah. You know? And I, and I think that that's beautiful, and I love it. And that, you know, you can do it through reading books and, and you can speed up the process just through paying attention and conversating and listening to podcasts and other great minds who've been talking about this stuff for years and years and years. But it takes us to take the information and then digest it individually. And it, and it seems to be like an enlightenment going on or whatever you want to call it. But, but yeah, your passion, you got to follow that. Follow your passion. Do Find you? your passion more. Yeah. People didn't do that years ago. People did what their fathers did, what their mothers did. They didn't do... Go to college, play safe, get a job, this will pay you, buy yeah. a house, you need a kid. They didn't da -da -da. follow their passion. Yeah. Now there are people who are struggling with that because they want to follow their passion, but they're also hearing the little voice in their head saying, go to, go to college, whatever it is that you have to do, but go get yourself a secure job. Even if that means that you'll be miserable for the rest of your life, yeah. Go and do it because it's what you do. Yeah, yeah. I just a it's there's a beauty in the struggle. So if you're if you if you're not passionate about accounting and it brings you a lot of money, there's no there's no struggle and you're just working and you're making the money and there's nothing there's nothing to it. But if you're trying to pursue what your passion is, what you love, there's a beauty in that struggle because you're fighting for what you love. And when you do get it, and if you're persistent enough and you don't give up, and I really do believe America is still the greatest country in the world because we still are the most powerful and prosperous country in the world. And I really believe that we can have whatever we want in this country. Like, the, we just have to change what we're, th what we're striving after. Mm -hmm. People had, were striving after ridiculous things that were like yachts and mansions and like stuff that isn't going to make them happy. Now I think if you can find what you need and you can work hard enough and you can you can do it still and it'll be a beautiful struggle it'll be happy you'll 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 enjoy to do all the work you know what i mean yeah i'm listening to you call it a fight uh, you know it's, it's not easy it's not easy no 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 if you cuz to build anything is not easy i true i truly believe right. that is it a fight though or does it allow people to access that creative part of themselves in other words, to create solution where, you know, if you go and you just go get the job doing accounting or go work for the state, and, you yeah. know, you have a good pension, you really just go to work every day, but you're not really accessing any creative self or any problem solving techniques. Yeah. Right. So we're, and, and I'm wondering, do you feel, and I'm older than you, obviously, <laughs> is there a generational shift happening for people around your age are, are more and more people saying I'm doing I'm following my passion it's not the easy road but it makes more sense to me are more and more people doing this I I I, I see it so I know it's happening but for a long time, I felt really alone I felt like a guy in an empty hallway because I've been skating since I was 14 and and I've I had dishwashing jobs around that time, and then I just decided I'm going to be a pro skateboarder. And I worked really hard to make it happen. And at 17, I went from the projects to Japan because I got sponsored, and then I started making money with skateboarding. So for a long time, 
I was a crazy person because everyone else was like going to school, doing what their parents said or doing whatever someone told them. And then they were playing it safe or whatever they thought would make, whatever someone was telling them would, that's what they would do. Like, oh, this will make you happy. This will do. And I was like, no, I'm not ever letting go of skateboarding and save my life. Like I'm doing this, you know? So for a long time, I felt really alone because I'm like, no, don't do that. Go, go explore the world, travel, figure out your senses, like try your senses out, first of all. And this is like, this society tells you to go to school, go to college, get a job where they should tell you to like take two years off and just explore who you are and what you feel and what you know and see the world so you can have an understanding. The education doesn't mean anything if you don't know who you are, you know what I mean? You're just following books and what other people tell you. So... But I think now people realize that those were lies, you know, that, that that maybe it wasn't lies, but just whatever the structure is, it wasn't set up to help humans. So now people, I think, are starting to go, okay, I have to take a chance and I have to hang on and fight for what I love and find ways to keep it in my life. And I know I keep saying a struggle and a fight, but it feels that way because when the recession hit and all that stuff, the skateboard money dried up for me. I'm 28 years old. All I've ever known is skateboarding. I don't have any real job experience. I wash dishes. So when the sponsors drop me, which they did, I go, oh, man, I'm just going to work a job. I have to go work at McDonald's, basically. You know what I mean? And I have a mortgage. I don't have any kids. Thank God. I don't know what I would have done. And I have a partner that works with me. Thank God she works, too. You know, 50-50. It's hard to find someone like that. And, uh... So it felt like a struggle because I felt like the world's trying to take away my skateboarding. You know, it's like, ah, oh, we don't, the economy's bad, so you can't have your pleasure anymore. You can't have your your safety net, your thing that you love. You have to get, get a real job now and be, you know, and I, that's what I felt like. But I said, nope, because I had some savings. I had like four, three, four months of savings, and I could have put it into my mortgage, but I just relied on my work ethic. I said, you know what, I'm going to take this couple grand. I'm going to start a skateboard brand. And my girl's looking at me crazy because we have a mortgage and I'm like taking my thousands of dollars and going, I'm just going to buy skateboards with it. You know what I mean? So mm. she's looking at me like probably thinking she wants to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? But that's where the struggle, it feels like a struggle to make the transition. But I have faith. I, I have complete faith in humans and in myself. And like I've seen the lowest point and I know my work ethic. And I can dig my way out of the projects. I can do anything. You know what I mean? And so I just said, no, nah, I'm not I'm not paying my mortgage with this. I'm just going to find a job. I don't care if it's McDonald's. I applied to everywhere. You name it, I applied there. They couldn't get a job. There's no one. I was too qualified. Because I had all this experience in design and, like, uh, running brands and working with these companies and stuff. And, like, they all want college degrees, you know, and I don't have that. But I have all the qualifications. So I would go to other jobs. And they'd be like, where's your college And I'm like, I don't really have any of that, but I have the experience and I can show you all the stuff I've created and brands I've helped build and all that stuff. And uh, But then none of them want to give me a job because they just thought the college degree was what legit- legitimized me. And, and I'm like, I don't have it, so I don't know. But um, <laughs> I just kept with it. I started teaching skateboarding lessons. I hustled because I learned how to hustle in the projects. I learned how to hustle in my adulthood too. I just started figuring out how to make money. I started making skateboard uh, skateboard lessons, making cash right there. That was awesome. I eventually got a job, temp job, lumping tires, which was horrible. My back still hurts. Thank God for the float tank. <laughs> seriously, seriously. And uh, I did that. Those dudes were so brutal to me, Tina. The dudes <laughs> at the tire place. They would bring in tractor trailer trucks, and there's... 600 tires from all sizes, small ones to tires that are up to my chest, like this wide. And they would just pull them off the truck and roll them down to me. And I had to catch them, lift them up and stack them in fours all day long. And it was like, and I'm getting paid like pennies, you know what I mean? Not even enough to pay my bills. And my girl's like hustling on her end. She's doing uh, eyelash extensions, bartending and like making up for where I can't, you know, like, and I'm sitting here feeling like, no self-worth because I can't even keep up with the bills, you know, but I just have faith and I'm like, and I'm growing my skateboard brand and all that stuff. And then, 
uh, I just kept at it. And I got another job at a screen printing and embroidery place. And they were like, yeah, we need someone that has leadership skills and can like work in a warehouse and keep the positivity and like get people working and just be an example. And I have that. So that worked out. And then my skateboard brand started growing because I just didn't give up on it. Even though there's been some dark times where I was like, I don't have money to get skateboards. I don't the stuff I did buy wasn't selling at this moment and stuff like that, but I just kept hustling and creating podcasts and contests and communicating with all the people. And it's just like, it was a struggle. It's still a struggle, but I'm used to struggle. And it's not a bad thing. It's a beautiful struggle because it's something I love. I love skateboarding. It's worth, it's worth struggling for because whether the money comes or not, it's, it brings me joy. It brings me joy to like put someone's art on skateboards it, like my friend, I take all his art and I put it on the skateboards and then I sell them and kids ride his art. And it's like, that's expression and it's beautiful to see that. Or to like sponsor kids. I, I, I turned my buddy pro, uh, Corey Goon, and we took him with some of the money from the skateboard money. I took him skydiving and surprised him when he landed with his family and friends and they gave him his first pro board. And this kid's been dreaming about being a pro skateboarder since he was nine years old. Wow. And he's 25 now, you know what I mean? And I was able to like help him achieve that goal. I took my dues to California, like the money that comes in from the skateboarding, I just put it back into the skateboarding because I know to just keep growing and growing and all I need is skateboarding. So if that grows, I'm happy. Like, you know what I mean? Whether I'm making a million dollars or not, if our community spreads and grows, that just means there's more skateboarders and skateboarding in the world. And it's the funnest thing to me, you know? And people are living their passion. Yeah. And you are living your passion and you have determination where a lot of people just give up. Yeah, I and I've been to that point and I, there are and it's still I'm not out of the clear by any means and I have doubts and fears too. But I just I call myself crazy cuz I'm stuck on stupid. I don't want to change my direction cuz it's so fun and so it, I see the good results. I just know you got to stay with it. People stay give with up it. too this early. This is really important because yeah. in our in our society we're used to everything you know, you talked about, you know, living in America and how, how prosperous nice it is, right? Mm -hmm. We want something, bang, we can have it. And then, of course, you know, stock market, 2008, 2011 to follow. So we had the economy crashing and then we had, you know, 2011. So we, we got hit with our share, in, including some of the weather yeah. catastrophes that were also happening. Katrina, all the storms. Yeah, it's been hard. Uh, everything. But, you know, those were all signs to come together. And, you know, and I think you feel the same way, is that we were living individually. Yeah. And there's more community now. There's more people coming together. And you and I were talking about this before we even did this, uh, did this, this particular po podcast. It's just talking about the idea of it's not you by yourself out there in skateboarding. Yeah. It's you and a community of building something. Yeah. It's not me by myself, even though I have this center in West Boylston where you know i'm doing the same thing as you it's determination it's living my passion and you know a lot of prayers yeah that, I know. you know a, <laughs> a lot of prayers that what you're creating is people really do they do benefit yeah. by what you're creating that they can utilize it and that they will utilize it Absolutely. you know whatever avenue that is that they come in but even in creating this show, which I, I, I appreciate your your insight and input because, you know, you, you talked to me and told me, you know, I, I've been doing these podcasts and, you know, I'm known around the world. Well, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, and you've done a lot of things because you grew up with social media and you understand it. But it also, something clicked in my brain that day that it isn't about us individually it's about not only creating a community and i look at the center as a community you know a place where people can come uh, like-minded can experience can grow but it's more than that it's it's other people in business who are doing similar things it's supporting their business it's it's them supporting you it's not living in a place of fear yeah. that you know, they, uh, well, what if they're doing better than me? Who cares about that? Yeah. If we all focus on caring about the people, 
then we don't have to worry about who's doing better than anybody. Yeah, my, my big thing, my big thing is I, I always wanted to, because when I lived in the projects, I always looked around and I was like, if you tried half as hard as I did to be decent and to like try, then we'd be rising together yes. as a community. Yeah. But you're not trying, so then I'm stuck with all your weight too. So I think that that's what it means. It's like you have to you have to try extremely hard, and then you got to find like-minded people that are trying extremely hard and believing in the same things, it's similar things. Don't have to be the same, but the same approach. And then you guys can do, you know, when you get a group of people together and then you get everyone together, we could do crazy things. We've been to the moon, you know what I mean? Like we've yeah. built some crazy structures, but we have to think globally and, and less. We have to think as communities, and we have to think of what we can do with the strength in numbers which if we want to face the problems that we have in this world it's going to take strength in numbers yeah, yeah. And, and people with positive attitudes similar to what you're doing you know things that that i'm doing Absolutely. and things that many other people are doing too and you know the 600 people on my facebook page that are posting something positive every day Every time they do a post, they affect somebody else. The communication is crucial. Like I was talking about Tupac, a dead man. I listened to his music. Yeah. It's so rare. I'm like, I wish live people were talking like this guy was. You know what I mean? Like that. That's why you help people feel their senses. Like the float tank helps. It cuts your senses off, and then you come on a tank and you feel your senses like again. You know, and that makes you feel alive. That brings joy, and you, you know, people need to do more things like that. I feel like right now too. The biggest commodity when everything's becoming robotic and like you know technology is insane right now mm -hmm. so when everything's becoming automated the thing that becomes uh the new currency is human qualities yes. so like comedians right now are killing it like they have a whole podcast there's tons of comedians with tons of podcasts and they're selling out all their shows right now because people are listening to their podcast while they're working their job and these people are trying to transition from their job to their passion but they're listening to comedians and laughing at work and if you're laughing at work the it goes by easy and it makes it you can work harder to make that money put that money into your passion you know what i mean so like but humor is is a is worth more than money you know and now that we have all this communication and technology and we don't it's like you what you need in this world is human qualities empathy understanding humor like these things that money can't buy that becomes the that becomes the commodity. Humans are the new currency. That's a scary sounding thing because it could go either way. But I just mean it in the sense that, you know, you can't buy what humans have. You can't. They're trying to make artificial life, but it's like you'll never have the randomness that you can't make art, humor. You robot can't make you laugh. Like it's just humans have that. So that's the new currency, I think. And we have the tools to promote all this stuff. You know, one of these, one of the things talking about technology, and there's so much, and you know, older generations, and I'm kind of caught in the middle there, where I get a lot of things, but, yeah. and, and I think I'm a pretty quick learner when it comes to it. However, my nieces are much faster at it than to I. To them, am. it was normal when they came in, for sure, right? And they lose their patience and grab my phone and fix <laughs> it for me, and you know, and I, I also watch my mother who. I, I, the other day, she sent me a voice uh, Facebook message. I said, how'd you do that? She goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my mom, my mom's the same way. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. I, I still can't do one of those. So <laughs> I couldn't believe my mother did it before I did. There was a fear that kids wouldn't know how to communicate yeah. because of the texting, because of Facebook, because... Well, everything's going through the computer now. What yeah. what are your you know, in your the way you're talking about it is that we have so much communication now and I feel that way too because I feel much more connected to people. Me too. Because of Facebook, because you know, I can look and, and look at six hundred conversations and is this, you know, real conversation, you know, there's a there's that talk around that as well. But I feel so connected to people, uh, so much more. And, and I thought to myself, I didn't know anything about these people yeah. prior to Facebook. <laughs> and now I know everything. And when they come in, you know, they go to tell me something. I'm like, yeah, I do. And I remember seeing that. I saw that on Facebook. I've met so many people that I've met online first. And then I see them because, like, skateboarding is a, kind of a small community. And people follow me and they, like, like my stuff, leave comments. I look at their profile. 
on Instagram and then I see them out skating somewhere and they see me and it's like, hey, we know each other kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's kind of cool. It's kind of, I, I, the way I look at it is like, I mean, you definitely have that. There's kids that are antisocial. There are adults that are just on their phone. We don't, it's such a new technology and a new tool that people don't know what the etiquette is yet, you yeah. know, but we're working it out. But it's the same with anything. It's like, we've always had tools. You, you, we've had fire when we were cavemen and stuff. We had fire. That was our technology, our tool. And you can use fire to burn down a village. Or you could use fire to build pots for water that will feed and drink someone. You know, like, it's the same with the internet. It's like, you can use the internet to gossip and spy and, like, the government and <laughs> stuff like that. You can use the technology any way you want. But you can also use it to inspire or to rally the troops and build great structures and create dream jobs and have your passion. So... It's just the new tool. So kids are naturally picking it up because kids aren't jaded and kids are open and receptive because they're new to the world and their senses aren't dulled down by the world beating them down or whatever. So they're open and they're inquisitive and they play with the technology. And that's mm -hmm. all it is. It's like if you're an adult, instead of being closed-minded about the technology and shunned from it, just just play with the tools and have fun with it and, and you'll figure it out. And then... You can use the tool for whatever you want, good or bad, you know? Like, there's people right now, and I'm sorry to take it to the dark farm, but I just watched the other day, someone went, they shot someone on live TV. There was a, there was a, there was an interviewer, she was interviewing someone, and, an, and, and another person that used to have her job came up while she was filming live TV and shot, and he used that platform for violence, to show violence, and that's scary, and all that stuff, but... I mean, a lot of people film beautiful things, and it's just like, it's all in how you use the tools. It's all in how you use it and express it. Express it. And I feel like that if, if people focus on just like humans and interacting and communication and, and going outside, feeling the ground, looking up at the beautiful clouds that are transforming above us, and like there's so much space up there. And like if you experience the world in real life, then you can use the tools to really make an impact. Mm -hmm. The problem is people just get submersed in the tools and they forget about real life. They don't go like little kids aren't going outside all the time to to explore and, and skateboard and stuff. You know, some of them just like their parents just give them their phone, you know, and that's you got to have a healthy balance in everything in yeah, everything, you the, know, the physical activity kind of declined. But as we've been talking, the bigger the bigger thing is we've talked about community and we've talked about human connection. Yeah. And, you know, there's connection to, you know, the internet, the web, to be able to create, uh, which is fabulous. It's an additional tool. Yeah. But it's, <clears throat> it's, not a, it's about not forgetting what we're here. And, and you mentioned a lot, you know, what is happiness? I happened to see a celebrity story, I think it was last week. And he, he had... Uh, it was a movie that he created, excuse me. <clears throat> he created a movie, and I, I wish I could remember his name, uh, but it was like, that did it. it. It was a huge hit, and of course he went out and bought a bigger house and a bigger house. Yeah. And then he walked into the door one day, and he was divorced at this point, and he walked into his new house, and he said, something's wrong, I should be happy. Yeah. And he and he wasn't happy. So what he did is he sold it and he bought this little house in his little neighborhood with all these neighbors and he's never been happier. He rides his bike everywhere and he had like a driver. He gave it all up. It's beautiful. Because he was looking for what was missing was that human connection, the the relationships in his life. Yeah. You know, people that that matter and you can walk into a huge house and be all by yourself but what is there there's nothing there yeah it just seems nice and it's funny when people want all that extravagant stuff they want it because they want people's admiration right they want human connection they're broken they need help mm -hmm. <laughs> they have a we have a um uh, not a poverty problem, but a mental disorder in America. Yeah, I like we have when you more than that. enough. We have. <clears throat> we're still in the most powerful country with the most stuff. Like, we just need to change our pers perspective a bit, and it takes work, individual work. We have to try to find what makes us happy, and and if you don't 
I feel very bad. <laughs> but there's always time. No matter, regardless of how how old you are or, or young, there's always time to change the path you're on and just go for it, you know? Because, like I said, you just, like when I lost my father, it's like I realized real quick, it was like, you know, I might have a week left, but I want to enjoy that week. It's a blessing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's I'm. we could just be, I, everyone likes to think that there's other life out in space, right? They're like, yeah, there's got to be other, there's got to be other life out there somewhere. It's infinite, but it could be, I mean, that's probably true, but it could be that in our galaxy, we could be the, the one randomness that sparked life and it could really be a gift you know you could be like this is random like it happened and that's amazing if that's true and we have to realize that and then we have to live it fulfillingly it's hard to do yeah it's great yes you're so much fun to talk to um just recap you know you mentioned uh four years ago because you said you were 28 when you hit this really hard place in the skateboard industry yeah and where is your skateboard company today and where do you see it going okay yeah i like this question because i really believe that if you can visualize it first then you know what you're working towards and i feel like that's a big step that's what we do in skateboarding like when i when i'm trying a trick I kind of picture it a little bit, and then I get into the mix of trying it, and I start getting closer and closer, and then there comes this point where you're about to land it, but it's kind of scary, And but what you have to do at that point is stop and visualize yourself riding away. You visualize yourself doing it, and then you got to apply all your effort to, to, to recreate the picture in your mind. So that's that point I like a lot, and that's what you're saying right now. Where I'm at with the all I need right now is I've... I kept my job. I still have my 9 to 5 or 8.30 to 5. I don't need it because I could take the money I'm making from my skateboard brand and live off of it. But I don't want to do that because I feel like that's selfish. Because I could take that money and the company wouldn't grow as fast. It would slow down. I couldn't do as much for my team riders. I couldn't do as much cool skateboarding stuff and because I'd be paying my mortgage. So I was like, you know what? I've been working my whole life. I'm used to work, like I'm going to keep this job and I'm going to take all the money I make with the skateboarding and put it right back into it because I wanted to grow and grow and grow. Not for myself, but I wanted to grow because I have kids I sponsor and I want them to go pro and that takes money because it's, you know, this is material stuff I got to pay for. And I want us to travel and that takes money, you know, but I just know that if I don't take from it, it'll keep growing because it has, it's been growing for years and years. And um, so where I'm at right now is I've been fortunate enough to get uh, another sponsor because I've done the podcast, I do a video series, I keep filming my video parts, and I've created this brand. So I have all these structures that promote everything we're doing. So brands want want to be involved with me because I am skateboarding. <laughs> I've created a skateboarding world, and I've gathered a whole community of people. I have one of the biggest contests in New England. We had twenty four skate shops come. It's called the New England Am. It's at Skaters Edge Skate Park in Taunton, Mass. October 3rd and 4th, uh, October 3rd and 4th this year, and uh, so I've created this whole skateboarding world, and I've had people believe in me and see my vision, and I've kept my word. I turned my friend pro. I told him I was like, look, I can I can see where this will go if we just work hard and have faith, and I've been fortunate enough that it's played out that way, and people believe in me, and I believe in them as much as that as them as they believe in me, and. Um, so the way I see it is just keep growing. We're gonna do more traveling. We're gonna grow bigger. Pro- we're gonna have more products. We're gonna have. I just put out a new hoodie. We have a hoodie, embroidered hoodie coming out. We have seven to eight different skateboard graphics. I've just been filling up the product, you know, because I just like to me it's awesome to put people's art on skateboarding and to like give it out and sell it and all these shops. So I've just done everything I could to grow skateboarding. And it turns out there's a lot of other people out there that love skateboarding as much as me, and they're helping me. All these shops and all these people, and they see that it's genuine and that it's for the sake of skateboarding, not so I can have a nicer car or mm-hmm. so I can, you know. And they and the re- only reason they believe me is because I kept my job. Mm-hmm. I've seen tons of people that start a brand and they just quit their job and just relied on the brand, you know. And to me, I said, no, I don't care. I'll just keep my job and I'll let the brand grow bigger than myself. And then maybe down the road, you know, not another four years, maybe I could take a salary. But I'm not really concerned at this point. Because mm-hmm. I, I believe that 
if you want to make money, you got to make other people money first. So I'll work at this warehouse job and I'll bust my ass and I'll I'll help them their business succeed. And in turn, I know that, you know, my, my that'll happen. Someone will do that for me. I'll have employees one day that'll that'll do that for me as well, you know, like the karma side of it, I guess. But um so that's where I'm at. I'm just like I'm doing really cool stuff. We took my buddy skydiving. We have our contest coming up. I put out this uh, web webisode, which is a reality TV show, basically, but it's not on TV. It's on the internet at the moment, and it's called AIN Life. The brand's called All I Need, and we have the show AIN Life, and it's basically I get to explore and do cool stuff. And Tina, you you were actually on the show, and we it was it was I got so much compliments, and so many people want to try the tank, and I'm like, where is it? I was like, there it is. They're like blown away, and um. So I'm just creating so much skateboard content and just that's where I'm at. And I just see it growing, slow and steady. I try not to go above my means. Like I don't have debt. Everything I buy, I have the money when I have it, you know. And it's funny in business too. Um, I have a rep now actually. He sells my products for me. And, you know, I give him a commission of what he sells. So when he sells it, I can pay him, you know. It's like that's common sense. Mm -hmm. I don't want any debt. I never want a debt. All my cars I've always bought cash. I've had three cars in my life. I bought them all cash. I saved money from working and skating and whatnot. Uh, I just don't want debt because debt screwed us. Look mm -hmm. at our country. Look at the college, all that stuff. I don't want debt. I want that if I'm going to buy something, I can afford it, you know, and that means slow and steady. People like to extend themselves early because they're excited and they're like, oh, just, you know, the money will come. And it's like, then wait for the money to come and then pay for it. <laughs> and that's where I'm at. I'm just like, you know, as the money comes, I put it into it, and uh, it comes fast sometimes, and other times when it doesn't come, I just go skateboard or surf and wait till the money comes back around, and it just seems to come back around. Excellent. Anthony, if uh, people want to hear more, look for more, how do they find you on the web? Perfect. <laughs> uh, I have my own podcast. It's called The Shetler Show, uh, which Tina was on as well. Uh, I've had I have about 80 episodes, and it's on iTunes for free, and then the AI and Life webisode that's out there on YouTube. But honestly, you could just go to allineedskate.com or allineedapparel.com, and I post my podcasts, my videos, all the new product, everything that's going on. The AI and Life, all of it is on allineedskate.com or allineedapparel.com, and that's where you guys can reach me and, and check out my podcast. I have entrepreneurs i have professional skateboarders i have on all different people and we just talk about life and whatever their passion is and it's cool you can tell just from this conversation that anthony isn't just your average business owner there's it's so much depth to everything that he talks about and i love listening to him and i hope you enjoyed it as much as i have and we will be with you again soon. Peace. Peace.